Good morning. Welcome to this assembly for worship. And we are ready now to ask you to open your Bible. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We're going to read and study this. And then I'll be raising a question for self-examination by each one of us. Luke 15. Let me start with verses 1 and 2. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now it is good that the tax collectors and sinners were coming to hear Jesus. And there are accounts of tax collectors and sinners in the New Testament repenting of their sin, responding obediently to Jesus Christ. But you will observe, and you heard as we read in verse 2, what could be called an attitude. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled. They said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Later in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, we are told that indeed, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He went to and he associated with those he came to redeem. It was never an act of endorsement. It was always an act of redemption. He wanted to reach and save the lost. We know that. But these Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and they were seeking, they were seeking to discredit Jesus. I want us to pay good attention this morning to Jesus responding with these three stories, beginning at verse 3. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, 
There is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So Jesus could have answered the criticism that was given to him in a number of different ways. 
Jesus could have answered with direct, fiery rebuke. He could have targeted the Pharisees and scribes who brought the accusation. He could have just walked away. But he told three stories. And each one contains the answer that Jesus went to sinners to save them. Like lost sheep, Jesus was a committed shepherd going after just one who wandered from the flock. <clears throat> like a lost coin, if Jesus could bring one sinner back out of sin, he said the angels rejoice. And then there was a man whose son walked away from the family. And when he came to himself and he returned, the father said, It is fitting to celebrate and be glad. Luke 15 is about Jesus' love for sinners. That obviously should be our love for sinners. The focus of Luke 15 is concern for things lost, concern for people lost, and the joy of recovering those who are lost. I want to talk to you this morning about reaching our prodigals. Reaching our prodigals. There is a troubling reality in every generation. There are parents who make every effort to transmit good spiritual values to their children, but the children do not always follow up with those values when they come of age. Most of us have friends and loved ones who were once active and faithful to the Lord, but they've drifted away. In every local church I know about, there are sad stories of people who were once there every time and once involved and committed and committed to encouraging others in their zeal. But choices were made and those choices carried them away from the Lord and away from His people. Marriages fail. People fail. Young people and old people and middle-aged people become spiritually weak and lazy and abandon the faith. The question I raise this morning is, how do we reach our prodigals? First, we'll have to go after them. And I do not mean that the way it first sounds. What did the shepherd do when one in the flock was lost? What did the shepherd do when one in the flock was lost? Listen again to verse 4. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Now, can we imagine a shepherd saying, well, maybe that lost one will just drift back. We'll just wait and see. 
Or can we imagine the shepherd saying, well, it's not like the whole flock is gone. There's still 99. He went after the one that was lost. What a simple story with an immediate application. Let's get up and go get the people who are lost. Let's expend some energy beyond prayers. A phone call, a visit, certainly accompanied by prayer. We say to people, we've missed you. What can we do to help get you back to the Lord and back with us? Now, the easiest thing to do is to talk about them and complain about them and offer criticism and resent the fact that they've left the Lord and they're not helping us. Let's go get them. Let's communicate with them. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. We've recently started a study of Galatians in our adult Bible class. Paul was addressing apostasy among churches in Galatia. He wanted to save. He wanted to rescue those who were lost, those who were being led from the truth into error. Listen to how he put it in Galatians chapter 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then... His reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, this passage isn't limited to elders and preachers. This is what Christians do. In an effort to reach those who have left and reach those who are lost. The first thing you have to do is what the shepherd did. Get up and go, accompanied by prayer, communicate your love and concern to those who are our prodigals. Number two. Compassion is a necessity of this work. In verse 20, the father of the prodigal felt compassion. Now, 
anger and resentment and criticism, I said before, come easy. Compassion requires a heart that is Christ-like. A godly love for sinners that really wants to see them home with God. What about that word compassion in verse 20? It is the serious capacity that not only cares deeply, but acts out of that care and reaches out. Let me say that again. Compassion, what is it? It is the serious capacity that not only cares deeply, but reaches out from that care of heart. There is a danger, I think a warning that needs to be issued from time to time, about compassion fatigue. So many people are lost. So many evil things are going on around us in our society. We are exposed to so much human tragedy. There's so many people who are lost. They're victims in the news every day. We know so many people who are not right with God. We are sometimes overwhelmed. And our capacity for caring is exhausted. Compassion Fatigue. Jesus never had that. Jesus never had that. And Paul says to every one of us, let us not become weary in doing good. And also in Galatians 6, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Aware of our prodigals, those who have slipped away, go, do something, say something, and go with compassion to do what we can to get these people back with God. And when they come back, welcome the repentance. Welcome the repentance. Let there be joy. The boy comes to his senses and he returns to where he should be. The older brother has no compassion. The father responds. I'm back in Luke 15 at verse 32. The father responds over in verse 32. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive, he was lost and is found. We were talking a moment ago about compassion. And the older brother had no compassion or compassion fatigue combined with resentment perhaps. When the lost come home, that's an occasion of joy. It is not an occasion where you are, where have you been? We've been here doing all the work. Where have you? It's about time. No, it's not that. We witness repentance. We thank God. Someone obeys the gospel. We rejoice because that 
which was lost has been found. Luke 15 is packed with that message that God has a heart toward sinners that wants them to come home. Now, do we have that heart? That's the essence of the message. Do we have that heart? Should we let Luke 15 remind us that we need to reach out to our prodigals? Prayer, contact, communication, compassion, so that we can all be glad. As the father said, this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. If you've been lost and you want to make it clear that you are home again, you intend to serve again, you want to be a worker and faithful citizen in the kingdom again, and we can take that acknowledgement and pray for you, why not let this be the day that you come to the cross? And if you've never come to the cross initially in obedience to the gospel, why not come to the foot of the cross, bow down in humble adoration and worship and obedience, get your life right and ascribe all the glory and honor and praise to God who gave himself, gave of his son to deliver us from the present evil age. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's be standing while we sing.